listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today in the studio we have Peter Watts, and he comes in every Thursday. It's good to have you in the studio again today, Peter. Good to be here, Jason. Yeah, it's a beautiful day here in Hobart, and uh, I was just... Uh, Thinking as I was driving to work early this morning that uh, the River Derwent looked so beautiful this morning. The mm. River Derwent was like glass. There was uh, there was barely a ripple to be seen. And uh, the sun was coming up. We have a forecast of 24 degrees. Now, for some people, that's not very warm. But uh, for, for Tassie, <laughs> it's beautiful. For Tassie, it's a very welcome uh, thing to have a, a beautiful spring sunny. Spring has arrived. Spring has arrived. And we've had a few winds, but now we've got a calm warm day which is a beautiful day it reminds me of uh, a water skiing peter i've been out on the derwent water skiing today would be one of those perfect days to go mm. and it made me wonder have you ever been water skiing peter i have funnily enough i um come from the uk and there's not a well i say there's not a lot of water skiing done there i'm sure there is but it's certainly not from where i came from and um so i i learned to water ski in cyprus believe it or not i i ended up going over to cyprus and, and working in a restaurant there and uh learned to water ski there not very well i hasten to add okay so um i water skied there and then i water skied briefly on the eildon uh, lake eildon in victoria and then i attempted to water ski on a lake in minnesota back in 2015 um, with uh, not not real great great results, I have to say. So I am not a natural water skier, but I did enjoy it. Well, I've certainly enjoyed it. I, I learned at a young age, uh, you know, when I was a, a very young teenager, and um, I love to get on top of the water. Mm. It's beautiful. Uh, so anyway, uh, today's uh, program. Just before we get into that. Um, We'll share our show number today, uh, 0488-880-891. That's our Tassie Encounters number. It never changes. I, I should. Uh, it sounded like I was going to say uh, our show number for today. Well, it's the same every day for Tassie Encounters, but it is the Tassie Encounters uh, number. So you can communicate with us on that, 0488-880-891. We've got a couple of questions and a free offer, a, a book offer that we'll be giving away a bit later in the program. Uh, Peter, last week our title was Truth or Tradition. Mm. Do you want to just uh, recap and, and uh, tell us how that moves into our program today called A New Beginning? Yeah, for sure. So um, Truth or Tradition, there are many things that we um, sometimes um, learn or are aware of uh, that we find out later aren't actually the case. And so we, we, we looked at truth or tradition last week and we found that the, the biblical day of worship was the Sabbath and that day was the day we call Saturday. And many people might have been surprised at that. Um, and last week we were talking about, well, how, you know, where did um, Sunday worship come from and how did that uh, become part of the Christian um, history? And so we, we took a look at that. Today is, is somewhat related to that um, because, again, we're going to look at a, a an important topic uh, that has a lot of traditions around us, but we want to know what the truth of Scripture is. And the reason this is important, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And and really, it's him we, we want to follow. And, and the Bible helps us to understand what truth is. It also helps us to understand a little bit more about Jesus as we examine each different topic. Well, before we uh, start this new topic today, uh, a new beginning, we will just remind our listeners, you can 
access the previous episodes. So every one of our Tassie Encounters episodes are available online on the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. And also you can get the Faith FM app from your Apple App Store or your Google uh, App Store, the Google Play Store. You can download that app and you can listen to our past episodes as well. So today, a new beginning, Peter. Mm. Yeah, well, we, we all... Uh you know, from time to time, we all like a new beginning. You know, New Year's resolutions are popular in January. And uh, it's nice to have a clean page upon which to start. And sometimes we've, you know, we, we may look back on our life at decisions we've made or things that have happened to us. And we would just like to, to wash that clean and start again. Mm. And uh, God offers us that, of course, every morning. But there's a specific teaching in the Bible that helps us to understand this as well. Maybe start with an illustration, you know, here in Hobart where the, the skyline is dominated by Mount Wellington, you know, mm. and it uh, looks pretty tall. But it's uh, not as tall as Mount Everest. Mount Everest, not. of course, <laughs> yeah. is the, the tallest mountain in the world, 8.8 kilometres uh, is that right? No. So it's, yeah, one, that's it's right. one eighth. Our, our mountain is one eighth that height. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So it's 8,848 metres is Mount Everest. That's mm. how tall it is above sea level. Um, and what's interesting, we were talking about water before you were talking about the Derwent, and um, we're going to be talking about water today. But if you look at the globe, you know, more than 70% of the, the globe is water. Yeah. And um, the deepest part of the ocean is in a part of the Pacific Ocean. It's called the Marianas Trench. And it is 10,994 metres deep. So if you've got Everest 8,848 metres tall and the Marianas Trench 10,994 metres deep, it means that if you cut off Mount Everest at sea level, you could plunge it into the Pacific and it would still be buried by two kilometres of water, That's which terrible. is amazing. Mm. And the reason I mention that is there's a story that Jesus tells, and it, it's uh, it's kind of a parable in a way. He says in uh, Mark eleven twenty three, he says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done he will have whatever he says mm. and people might be thinking about that well i wonder how how many mountains have been moved by prayer i'm not i'm not aware of any <laughs> mm. well it's interesting if you go back in micah in the old testament micah chapter 7 verse 19 it talks about God. It says, He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities or our sins. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Mm. And I think the, uh, the, the lesson for, for me from these two passages is that no matter how big my mountain of sin is, it can be buried by God's great ocean of grace. Mm. And, uh, that that's one of the things we're going to be uh, touching on in today's program. We're going to go first to Damascus uh, in Syria. And, of course, Syria has made the news over the last uh, 15 years for all the wrong reasons. They've had civil war there mm-hmm. uh, and lots of tragedy. But there was a man on his way to Damascus. He was on the outskirts of Damascus when something happened to him back 2,000 years ago. And his name was Saul. Um, he was a Jew. He was um, going to Damascus to arrest Christians uh, because he was a, a zealous Jew and he believed that the Christians were bringing the Jewish faith into disrepute. He has this dramatic experience on the road to Damascus. He sees a bright light. He falls to the ground. He hears a voice. Um, and it's Jesus' voice. And Jesus is saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Mm. 
and and he sort of startled and he says who are, who are you lord that i you know that i'm persecuting he says i am jesus whom you are persecuting there's something interesting about that that the jesus identifies so much with his followers that if you touch his followers it's you're you're touching me him. as well yeah and so anyway paul uh, saul rather this man saul goes into damascus he's blind for three days he's led to the house of a christian ananias who prays for him and i want you to notice what it says in acts nine eighteen, and maybe you can read that it says immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized okay so saul goes into damascus a christian prays for him he can see again he'd been blind for three days after this ex- experience and then he arose and he was baptized and yeah. it's baptism that we're going to be looking at today um, when Paul, Saul eventually of course becomes Paul the Apostle Paul and he's probably the greatest missionary outside of Jesus that we find in the New Testament he wrote half the New Testament and so uh, a real massive figure in the Christian church and uh, he, one of the letters he wrote was to the church at Ephesus and in Ephesus 4-5 uh, there's a, a few sentences there or a few words I'd like you to read so that's Ephesians, I think you call it Ephesus 4-5 what did I hear? Ephesians, Ephesians 4-5 it says one Lord, one faith one baptism okay, so Paul himself was baptised after he became a believer in Jesus and then he is now writing to the Christian church he's saying one Lord one faith one baptism mm. uh, and that that is one type of baptism that he is talking about that christians practice and uh this is remarkable from the perspective that if we survey the christian church today there are so many different beliefs and practices about the subject of baptism so for instance uh some churches will uh, pour water on a baby's head and that's what they will regard as baptism. Another church will sprinkle water, uh, and they will regard that as baptism. Another church might put a little bit of oil on somebody's head. Um, another church baptizes by salt. Another church offers. There's a church that offers to baptize you by phone. <laughs> and there's How a does church. That <laughs> well, you just phone up. Can I be back? You, there you are, and they'll probably just say some words across the phone. Mm. I suppose. Mm. Another is happy to baptize you by mail. Uh, I wonder if they baptize by email. I haven't heard about that one, mm. but you never know. Mm. And um, and then there are other churches who said, "Look, baptism is n- not important." Uh, we want to know what does the Bible teach on this subject mm. um, because Paul says one faith, one Lord, one baptism and we want to understand what that method of baptism is. We're going to go to break, Peter, and after the break we'll come back and we'll find out what is this all about. This uh, first song is I Want to Love You by Vocal Union. I want to love you regardless of anyone else does. I want to serve you even if I'm all Thank you, I want to give you my faith and trust Faithfully follow everywhere you go You are my sun in the morning, my 
Vocal Union with I Want to Love You. Welcome back to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And we're talking with Peter Watts today uh, on the topic of baptism. But before we just get back into that uh, discussion, we've had a listener text in, Stephen. Uh, he texted in about the comment about the mountains and moving mountains with our faith. And uh, we thank you, Stephen, for texting in. The mountains we move, he says... Uh, with faith are the problems that we have in living in a sinful world. Amen. That's uh, mm. a great comment. Thank you for sharing that well with us. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Peter, we're talking about baptism, and we're going to now really get into more of a discussion about what it's all about. 
Yeah, sure. I think when we talk about the subject of baptism, you know, it's it's a, a common phrase, and and but always a good place to start. What would Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Mm. And um, so we're going to look at the baptism of Jesus because, of course, Jesus got baptized himself about thirty eight, thirty years of age. Jesus got baptized, and it says here in uh, Matthew three sixteen and seventeen. There's just a sentence here I want to read before we get into the rest of the text. It says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Mm. And so uh, John the Baptist is baptizing in the Jordan River, and it, he baptizes Jesus. And it says, when he had been baptized, he came up immediately from the water. In order to come up immediately from the water, he must first have gone down into the water. Uh, and that's important because Jesus got baptized by immersion. In mm. other words, he was put under the water and then he came up out of the water. It goes on to say, and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then Jesus began his ministry. And so we have uh, four elements here, really. Um, that are to do with baptism that really are still a part of baptism today. And that is, number one, there's baptism by water, by immersion. We get put under the water. Then you have, uh, there's the Holy Spirit, because we need to be baptized by the Spirit as well, and we can talk a little bit about that later. Then there is God declaring you to be his child. Mm. Okay, you, you become a part of the family of God in a special way when you get baptized, mm. because you are choosing to unite yourself with him. And then, of course, you begin a ministry. You, you, you begin a ministry for him, whatever that may be. And we're not talking like a full-time paid ministry. We're simply talking about you begin ministering to other people uh, for, for God uh, in the way that you live. And so um, we see that in the life of Jesus, and um, that's what we want to do. There's another verse in Mark one nine that I'll get you to read. It says, It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. All right, so this is telling us that he was baptized by John in the Jordan. Mm. So the Jordan, of course, is the Jordan River. It separates the uh, country of Israel from Jordan today, and uh, that's where Jesus was baptized. So uh, in John two, uh, sorry, John three, verse twenty-three, it tells us that John the Baptist was baptizing also in Anon um, near Salem, which is uh, a, a, another tributary to the, the Jordan. It says because there was much, much water there, mm. so. Clearly, baptism requires much water. And, um, you know, Jesus, obviously, uh, when he uh, ascended back to heaven, he gave the commission to his disciples to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus himself was baptized. John the Baptist obviously had the ministry of baptism. And then Jesus tells his disciples to go and make other disciples and baptize them. So... Um, that's one important um, illustration of baptism is the life of Jesus. There is another one that we find in the book of Acts where the book of Acts is really the history of the early church and the activity of the church at that time. And there's the story there in Acts 8 of Philip and the, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch. Now, this man was the treasurer of Ethiopia. He'd been in Jerusalem for one of the Jewish feasts. So he was a believer in God. He went there to worship God. So he was very aware of, of the God of the Bible. He's on his way home back from that feast. He's on the road toward Gaza from Jerusalem down to Gaza, and he's on his way towards Ethiopia again, I guess. And uh, he's in his chariot. He's reading the, the book of Isaiah. Mm. And Philip is told to go down, meet with him, 
and um, talk with him. And so Philip goes and speaks with him and says, do you understand what you're reading? Yeah, it's an interesting thing to ask. It's a really interesting thing. And, And the Ethiopian says... How can I understand unless somebody helps me? And so he's reading Isaiah. We actually find he's reading Isaiah 53. Uh, okay. And it, uh, it references Jesus as the sacrifice, yeah. or the, the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. And Philip lets him know that this was actually Jesus of Nazareth who died and rose again. And um, then we have this passage in Acts 8, 36 to 39. I'll, I'll get you to read that, Jason. It says, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. And he went on his way rejoicing. Okay, so you've got both Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch going down into the water to get baptized. And uh, clearly, we've got to remember this man understood and believed in the God of the Old Testament. Yes. But what he was missing was that Jesus was the Son of God. Mm. And so uh, uh, Philip fills in that gap in his understanding and he says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Exactly. It's interesting too, isn't it, um, that Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. That's an important part, isn't it? So it's it's not something to be taken lightly. That's right. We have to actually believe it. Yeah. Mm. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about how uh, deep that commitment is too as we go along in, in Mm. um, in this program. So, So what does baptism really mean? Okay. So first of all, what we need to understand is baptism, the word is taken from a Greek word. The New Testament is written in Greek and the word is baptizo and it means literally to immerse. That's what it means. Um, and I guess when we were translating the Bible into English, we sometimes think of the King James Version in uh, 1611 when it was translated into English. Um, when we come to the word baptism, the practice of baptism was so different to that which it had been in the first century that instead of translating the word, then he immersed him, they simply left the word baptism in there mm. um, because a different practice or different practices had been taking place in regard to what baptism was. But the actual word in Greek means to immerse, to plunge, to dip, to put under. Um, and so that's what it means. Um, so that that in itself is very interesting to, to have that um, definition of the word in the Greek language. There's another story in the uh, book of Acts where you have Paul and Silas going to Philippi. And they go there and they're preaching the gospel. And then they are arrested. They're lashed. They're put into prison. And uh, you can actually go and visit the ruins of what they believe to be the prison block there back in the first century AD uh, of of Philippi. And uh, Paul and Silas, if you read the story in Acts chapter 16, they're in prison, it's midnight, and they're singing. They're singing songs uh, about Jesus, and they're singing songs of faith to encourage one another. But also, it's interesting, it says that the other prisoners were listening to their songs, which is kind of interesting. And what happens is at midnight, there's this this great earthquake, Okay, blows open the doors of the jail. Uh, Suddenly, Paul and Silas are free. And the jailer, who is responsible for keeping the jail, he's absolutely terrified by this earthquake and and what has happened. And he thinks, you know, it's dark. He, He doesn't know where the prisoners are. Maybe they've all escaped. 
and it's it says he's about to take a sword to to kill himself mm. now i just want you to think about this he's going to kill himself because the punishment for losing those prisoners must have been so great that killing yourself with a sword was, was better. better yeah and i i can't imagine what the punishment would have been mm. for that but he's about to do this and and paul and silas says hey don't harm yourself don't hurt yourself we're here we haven't left mm. and uh it says in Acts chapter sixteen thirty to 31, you might want to read that. It says, And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And keep going. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and immediately he and all his family were baptised. What does it mean by washed to their stripes? Okay, well, we'll come to that in a minute. But okay. first of all, he says, what must I do to be saved? Mm. And they say, you, you know, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, and then you've got, so first of all, he's terrified by the earthquake. He realised they've been released mm. through this earthquake. He wants to know what it means to be saved for, for himself. Obviously, he's aware that they've been in town preaching about Jesus, and that's why they got arrested. And now he's saying, what must I do to be saved? And it says um, that they taught, spoke the word of God to him and his household. Then it says uh, he took them and washed their stripes. They had been lashed for uh, as punishment. And now you've got this jailer, who is keeping them prisoners, who is now actually treating their wounds. Okay, so when when he's washed their stripes, he's talking about the prisoners. So the Correct. The, the, the guard went and uh, tended to their wounds yes. that, that were inflicted on them which, earlier. Which really shows a change of heart. Yeah. You yeah. know, he, he's actually remorseful about the fact that they've been mistreated for yeah. nothing more than preaching the gospel. Mm. And uh, and then it says immediately um, he and all his family were baptised. So, mm. So you have this story, and what's interesting about that is if you go to Philippi today, there are the ruins there of a church uh, from about the 5th century, and in that church there is a baptistry mm. where people would have been baptised by immersion, and you can go and see the ruins there. And it's quite a big uh, thing. I'm looking at a picture of it here. Mm. Uh, it's quite a, a deep and big... Uh, yeah, you would step into it. It's like a small uh, swimming Small pool. bath. Yeah, bath or a large bath. A large bath a large and a bath. small pool, that's right. Yeah, that's it. Okay, we're going to go to a break. Uh, but just before we do, a couple of things. Uh, our free book offer today is Steps to Christ, an illustrated version. Um, we'll give you more information about that later. But uh, we just also want to ask our, our listeners, uh, ask you a question. What are some obstacles that people encounter when trying to get closer to Jesus? Text us in. What are some obstacles that people encounter when trying to get closer to Jesus? The number to get uh, to share your ideas with us, 0488-880-891. We'd love to hear from you. Here's a song, uh, A New Creation by Carly Fletcher. Really talks about a change of heart, a change of life. I want to testify of what my God has done and is doing in my life each day. Free from guilt and fear and shame. 
Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And today we're talking with Peter Watts on the subject title, A New Beginning. But uh, we're talking about baptism today. And uh, we did ask a, a question, and uh, we encourage you to text in if you would like to answer that question. Uh, what are some obstacles that people encounter when trying to get closer to Jesus? Text us in on 488 now, Peter, you've got more to share about the baptism and the baptismal uh, process. Um, we better get back into it. Yeah, sure. So we mentioned before that um, we were talking about this uh, baptistry that you can find in the ruins of the church there at Philippi. Um, but there are many examples of this. If you go to Ephesus in Turkey, uh, John... Um, the disciple John, who wrote the Gospel of John, he wrote the letters, what, 1 John, 2 John and 3 John, he wrote the book of Revelation. 
uh, John spent the last years of his ministry at Ephesus. And uh, there were a couple of um, churches, of ancient churches there from about the 5th century, 6th century, where, again, you can go there and you can find these large baptismal fonts in the floor of the church where people would have been baptized by immersion. This was the biblical practice. This was the practice of the early Christian church for hundreds of years. Um, and, the, and you can see, see these in, um, uh, in, in those two churches in, in Ephesus. If you go, uh, maybe some of the, our listeners have, uh, either been to or maybe seen the Leaning Tower of Pisa mm. in Italy. I remember going there with a friend of mine. We got there about four in the morning and the sun had not yet come up, so we were waiting for the sun to come up. And of course, the, the, the bell tower, uh, is leaning and, uh, that's, that's the tourist attraction. But in that plaza, in that square, you have the bell tower, you have the cathedral, and then behind that, you also have a, a round building, a very ornate round building, but it's actually a baptistry. It's custom made for a baptistry. And you go in there, and again, there's a large pool there, uh, that's empty today, but, uh, would have been filled with water. People would have gotten baptized there. Mm. And there are dozens of such cathedrals with large baptismal fonts in, in Europe. You can go to many different places and see this. Um, and so the question is, if baptism by immersion was what Jesus practiced, it's what the apostles practiced, yeah. it's what the early church practiced. Why did it change? Or How why, did it change? Yeah. And why is there such a diversification mm. of uh, baptismal practice? And I want to go again to a, um, uh, a source we've quoted before, The Faith of Our Fathers by Cardinal James Gibbons. And uh, he writes in page 277, he says, For several centuries after the establishment of Christianity, baptism was usually conferred by immersion. So he uh, is spot on here. He's confirming what we've just talked about. Baptism was conferred by immersion. And then he says, But since the 12th century, the practice of baptizing by infusion, that's pouring, Mm has prevailed in the Catholic Church, as this manner is attended with less inconvenience than by baptism by immersion. And he goes on to say, the Church exercises her discretion in adopting the most convenient mode according to the circumstances of time and place. And so the question is, should we stick with the the Bible and its practice, or do we go with tradition and things that have come in after the, many centuries after the Bible, we're talking about the 12th century. This is a long time. It comes back to what we were talking about last week. Do we follow tradition or do the we truth follow or tradition? Uh, the example that Jesus said, I guess? That's right. And I think that, you know, obviously over time, over the years, you know, many, we, we mentioned um, before about Constantine, Emperor Constantine of the Roman Empire becoming a Christian or embracing Christianity. Mm. And then many, uh, Officials, many important people in the the empire wanting to become Christians. And I think over time, a lot of them didn't necessarily want to get their robes wet. They didn't want to perhaps disrobe, uh, you know, and, and so it became, you know, in a way, baptism is a humiliating practice in the sense that you die to self and you rise again to a new life in Christ. We'll talk about that a little later. But um, so people maybe didn't want to, to get uh, baptized by immersion, and so they um, chose to start doing it in different ways. Mm. Um, there's something in that. I, I read a story once about a pastor who, in the United States, where he said, um, you know, we want to make things a little more popular, so instead of the communion bread and wine, we're going to serve hamburgers and Coca-Cola. 
And, you know, I, I think that the symbols that we're given in Scripture, they're very simple, but they're very profound. Mm. And I think when we change the symbol, we then start to lose the meaning of that symbol. And I think the same is true with baptism. And again, we will go back to the simple question, what did Jesus do? Yeah, what did he do? What was the example he set? If we're Christians, we want to be followers of Christ. That's mm. what it means to be a Christian. Mm. And so if we're followers of Christ, we want to get baptized as he got baptized. And, of course, he got baptized by immersion. So... So how important really is even this this practice? Not not even the way we do it, but how important is the act of a baptism? Mm. Well, um, I think we go to Scripture for the answer to that. And, and if we go to the book of Acts, chapter 2, where essentially the Christian church was born. So the, Jesus had said to his disciples, go to Jerusalem and pray until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And it came upon them on the day of Pentecost. And Peter begins to speak. And in Acts 2.38 we have a passage here where, where Peter speaks. It says, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right, so here Peter is saying, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized. He didn't say some of you or anybody particularly. He says every one of you. And then uh, he says, And you shall... Um, you'll, you'll be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, the removing of sins, and then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's got to be important, right? Because you and I are not holy in and mm. of ourselves. Mm. But the Bible says be holy. The only way you're going to be holy is if the Holy Spirit is living within you. And so we need that Holy Spirit. And so um, uh, this is very important. According to Peter, he's saying, repent, let every one of you be baptized. There was about 3,000 people that responded to that call and they were baptized that day um so so it is important and we'll see more about its importance in a moment so if it's really important uh is it really necessary well it is let let me come to to this baptism in many ways is a little bit like marriage okay in marriage you meet somebody you get to like them, you fall in love with them, and you want to spend the rest of your life with them. And then you go and you make that public declaration, usually in a church, before all your friends and family, the most important people in your life, and before God. Mm. And you make that commitment. You say, I promise to, you know, to love this person for the rest of my life. And baptism is a little bit like that. The Bible describes the relationship between Christ and his church as a marriage. It's described as a relationship between a husband and a wife. And so marriage is very much like um, baptism. And uh, I, I think that baptism is, is where we make that public commitment to something that's already happened in our heart. We, we already have this love relationship for God. We recognize his love for us in what he did for us. And we want to say, yes, I want to be a follower of Christ for the rest of my life. You know, if um, sometimes <laughs> people might... Uh, say well you know if we get baptized do we do we have to tell anybody about baptism can't we do it secretly mm. and I, I think about that in, co- in connection with marriage if, if you were going to marry somebody you, you, you might say to to the girl well yeah okay let's get married but do we have to tell anybody she would begin to wonder about your level of commitment right mm. um, another thing is sometimes people might say well um, yeah, let's get married but do we have to live together and this is, uh, you know, some people say, well, can we get ma- uh, baptized, but do we have to go to church? Mm. Uh, well, it's the house of God. You've got to live in the same house. Mm. Um, and then, you know, somebody else might say, well, 
uh, can we get married, but do I have to give up dating other women? Um, and some people, you know, again, with baptism, um, when we get baptized, we're making a commitment to Christ and we're putting the values of this world behind us when we're embracing the values of Christ. And I think in those circumstances, that's how it's, how it's similar in commitment to marriage. We're going to go to another break, but before we do, uh, Steps to Christ. It's an illustrated copy of Steps to Christ by Ellen White. Thousands have become acquainted with Jesus through this little book, Steps to Christ, and it has helped many more, including those who have walked with him for years, to know him better. The illustrated edition of Steps to Christ reveals Jesus as saviour to the world through beautiful photos. Jesus is the friend of all, and this illustrated edition validates that message visually as well as in the words of the inspirational bestseller. We're going to give you the code to this book immediately after the break. But before we go to the break, uh, Stephen has shared his answer to our question earlier. What are some of the obstacles that people encounter when trying to get closer to Jesus? And he says, and our natural desires are always trying to get between us and Jesus. I think that's uh, a very true answer, Peter. Mm, that's yeah. right. Let's uh, go to the break. And uh, this is I Belong by Catherine Scott.
That was Catherine Scott with I Belong. Now, just before the break, we talked about a book offer, Steps to Christ, the illustrated version, and we promised the code. And the code is SEARCH18. So if you would like to receive a a copy of this book, text SEARCH18, no spaces, just the word SEARCH and the number 18, text that into 0488-880-891. Now, Peter, we've been talking about baptism and this question, I I did ask it before, but I'm going to ask it again because we haven't fully answered it. Is it really necessary to be baptised? Yeah, that's a good question. And um, I think that, again, I refer to the words of Jesus. Jesus is talking to a religious leader, to Nicodemus, um, who would have been probably 50 years of age. Uh, a very experienced, learned teacher of Israel who came to Jesus by night uh, to talk to him. And Jesus said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And uh, Nicodemus says, What do you mean born again? You know, Can I be born again from my mother's womb? He says, No. He says, Most assuredly, I say to you, verse 5, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now that's pretty you know, straight language. Mm. Um, and Jesus is saying, born of water, that would be water baptism. And then born of the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. And so, in a way, this is part of that uh, commitment um, agreement, if you like, or covenant, where we choose to get baptized by water. God chooses to pour out the Holy Spirit upon us. And so, uh, you know, God can't... Uh, make us do something we don't want to do. So mm. we, it's got to be our choice. Yeah. Do we choose to, to get baptized by immersion by water? And then God chooses to pour out his spirit. So there is that, that aspect. In Mark sixteen sixteen, his last words to his disciples, uh, in, recorded in Mark, it says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. So clearly baptism was important to Jesus. And there are some, you know, what are the steps? People might be listening today and thinking, well, I haven't been baptized by immersion. Um, what are the steps to baptism? What are the steps provided in Scripture? So we need to understand the teachings of Jesus. We need to understand, you know, it's like marriage. You wouldn't want to get married to somebody you didn't know anything about. Mm. Um, so you want to understand the teachings of Jesus. You want to believe with all your heart in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you want to confess all your sins and repent. And those those are really the steps to baptism. So what about babies? Uh, I know in some churches they baptize infants. Yeah, this is a really good question because I was raised in the UK. My parents would have taken me to the local Anglican church and christened me. Maybe some people have heard of Mm. that. And maybe that's been the experience of a lot of people who are listening today. Um, And I think, you know, I think that God honors the actions of parents who are trying to do the right thing with the, you know, the information they have. And in fact, Jesus himself, if you look at Luke, the Gospel of Luke, we find that Jesus was taken to the temple to be dedicated as a baby mm. by Mary and Joseph. And so this is entirely appropriate, but it's not baptism. It's not baptism. And that's the thing. It's yeah. child dedication. So mm. a christening is actually more of a child dedication than it is a baptism. And both of them are appropriate, but we have to understand the difference between the two. Yeah. So baptism really has to be done when we're uh, able to make a free choice of our own, you know, right. Um, so a, we are the, educated choice. Yeah. So mm. we have to be of age, mm. uh, the age of accountability, to be able to make that choice. Uh, it's interesting when Jesus first went to the tape, uh, temple; he was twelve years of age, 
and that was kind of a a, uh, a, a transitional point where you went from being a child to being a man mm. and um, and so you know it's around that time where people become aware that they're more accountable they make their own decisions uh, in some s- situations and and that's a time that we can be um, thinking about baptism another thing I would want to say is when Jesus got baptized uh, John the Baptist was saying, no, you know, you're, you're too great for me. I need to be baptized by you. Uh, but Jesus says, permit it now to be so, and thus it is fulf- uh, fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus got baptized, but clearly Jesus didn't need his sins washed away. He wasn't a sinner. Mm. But he got baptized, I think, as an example to us. And he says here to fulfill all righteousness. I think Jesus got baptized and credits his baptism to those who cannot get baptized but would want to. So, for instance, there may be people who are sick and ill in hospital who want to give their hearts to the Lord and they want to follow Jesus in every aspect but they can't get baptized because of their physical condition. Mm. Or people might be in prison Mm. and they become very repentant about the actions that they've done and they give their heart to the Lord, but maybe the prison doesn't allow for them to be baptized. We think about the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross clearly accepted Jesus. Jesus promised him that he was going to be with him in paradise. So um, he didn't get baptized. We have no no uh, record of him being taken from the cross, baptized, and then put back on the cross. Mm. So clearly Jesus got baptized for those who cannot be. And I think about maybe infants that pass away before, before the age of accountability. Yeah. And people say, oh, are they lost? Because some t- ch- churches teach that it, if a child dies and they're not baptized, and they go to limbo. Mm. Well, the Bible doesn't talk about that. The Bible mm. doesn't teach that. And we don't find any infant baptisms in the Bible. It's a decision made by a mature person, somebody who's able to make the decision for themselves because it is a lifelong commitment. And so just like marriage, uh, we make that decision for ourselves, and, and it's important that we're able to do that. It's interesting in um, Galatians 3.27, it says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Christ gives us a robe of righteousness, a perfect record, and we get that as we put on Christ through baptism. We're also told in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 to 13, uh, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. It's important that we understand that baptism by immersion we become part of the body of Christ too. We don't. There's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian in the Bible. Uh, people join the Christian church, and uh, I think that's an important aspect of it too. And then finally, in Romans six, it talks about the reason why it's by immersion. We die to self. We're buried in the waters of baptism, and then we rise to a new life in Christ. And that's why baptism is performed by immersion. Well, we're out of time, Peter, but uh, that's been a, a great study into the topic of baptism. And uh, I want to ask our listeners, you know, is God calling you to be baptised? If so, you can send us a message on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, Or if you want to, you can actually call that number. And uh, if uh, somebody doesn't answer, you can leave a message. We can uh, get somebody to get in touch with you. Uh, we can c- uh, connect you with a local church pastor who can come and talk to you about that. So zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. You can text or you can call that number 
and uh, either somebody will answer or you can leave a message on that number. And just remember our offer for today, Steps to Christ, the illustrated version. Send your code in. Search 18 is the code to send in today. Now, Peter, what have you got for us next week? So next week, we're going to look at the truth about death. What happens when a person dies? Again, within the Christian church, there are a variety of different answers to that question. We want to know what the Bible says, what happens when we die, the truth about death. And tomorrow with David uh, Maxwell, the end of rebellion. That'll be an interesting topic. So we hope you can join us next week with Peter Watts and tomorrow with David Maxwell. And I think Tabitha will be talking with David Maxwell tomorrow. We just hope that you have a great day wherever you are. And uh, here's a very uh, positive, uplifting song. Today is a new day to go out with by Jaden Levick.
days and new days. 